Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 18 of Skiba News Nation. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and we have a really good show for you today. But before we get into that, we're going to be talking about... This week is Sukkot, and Jake has a very special video highlight for us. Kanye might get banned on Twitter for discussing Jewish people. Putin is not joking about nuclear war. Deepfakes and AI together will fool everyone. Do women really agree with my body, my choice? An all new Opus Corner. And for history, we're gonna be talking about Robert Tilton, memes, and much more, so stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my co-host, Jake Grant. Hey, Jeremiah, it's great to be here. Uh, we are enjoying Sukkot, so if I look a little bit tired today, it is because we have been staying up super late into the night, enjoying campfire discussions. We've been mid-rashing deep into the night, celebrating the Feast of Sukkot. And I'm excited to share a little bit about the feast that I'm going to right now at POTV's event here in Missouri. Uh, it's in Lebanon, Missouri, and I'm going to show a couple clips here, and this is what it looks like. Who I'll raise up unto them. Therefore, fear you not, O my... interesting about Sukkot and why I love celebrating and why I've started to apply it to my faith walk is because it's a fantastic time to come out of the Babylonian system, the system of the world, the brainwashing and the rat race that we've all been kind of born into. 
And what's interesting about Sukkot is Sukkot is the time frame that is most likely for the birth of Christ. So you can throw out the beast feasts like Christmas and Easter and Halloween, right, which the modern world continually practices, and not even half of evangelical Christianity identifies and practices the observance of this appointed time, which is actually commanded in Scripture. We see it in Leviticus 23. It's referred to as the Feast of Yahuwah, right? And so what's interesting about this time is it's a time that you go and you camp. And if there is a societal breakdown, it's a really interesting parallel to the Most High preparing His people to come out of places that will be a curse to live in, if you know what I mean. And um, let's go ahead and read here in Zechariah uh, what a lot of evangelical modern Christians don't recognize is the fact that the Feast of Tabernacles will be kept when the Messiah returns. So why aren't we doing it now? And that's what we've come to realize is that this is now a practice for what is coming in the future. So let me go ahead and read uh, some interesting scripture here in Zechariah 14. And it says here, and the, and the Lord, or Yahuwah, shall be king over all the earth in that day, and there shall be one Lord, and his name one. And all the land shall be turned as the plain of Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, and it shall be lifted up. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. And we break down here, and it says, And it shall come to pass, you know, this is after he re- the Messiah returns, he's ruling and reigning over the earth, in Zechariah 14, 16, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is synonymous with the Feast of Sukkot, the eight-day festival found in Leviticus 23, where we dwell in booths, we go camping, uh, we spend time with one another joyously, celebrating before the Most High. And uh, I can tell you we are having an absolute blast. And I'm so excited to share with you guys some footage of the Feast of Sukkot. Let's go and check out some imagery here. We always kick off Sukkot, of course, with setting up our tents. And it was really cool. I was able to be part of setting up one of the biggest tents I've ever had the pleasure of putting hands on. It's a enormous tent that was given to the POTV ministry. And you can see here I'm like surfing this enormous tent right before it's about to go up. It looks like a giant wave. And, uh, and when you see what the tent actually looks like after it's been put up, it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, enormous on the inside, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of a taste of the ambiance that we're experiencing when we come into the tent during the festival uh, potlucks or if we're going in to celebrate. Now, this is a picture of all the guys who were involved uh, setting up the poles. So this is our campsite and my daughter sitting out front. We have our RV and we're setting up our little canopy here. And Sierra's getting us all set up to get ready for the experience, having a blast here, getting things put together. My dog Zayla came with us, of course, this time, 
and uh, we have a, a good time introducing her to all the other animals here at Sukkot. This is kind of what the tent looks like as it was being propped up. And here's our setup, of course, after we got finished setting up the whole site with lights and our chairs and tables for cooking. And here is the beautiful river that we are camped beside. Here's Ali and I enjoying the cool water. And we're going to do baptisms later on. It's a great time for rededication and, uh, and remembering, you know, all about the Messiah. I mean, this would be the time that he is born. And so if you, uh, you know, value who the Messiah is in your life, this is a great time to remember him, remember the, uh, the, the son of the Most High, right? And to remember what he's taught us, to follow Yah's commandments, which is something that was very dear to Rob's heart. Uh, here's my daughter, of course, again. We're sitting in the river just enjoying the cold. Uh, it's a really a reflective period where we can uh, think about what the whole year's brought. There's my little baby Zena uh, enjoying the outside. My sister and my family also came to join us, so it was really great to spend time with them. I always love kicking back in the hammock. This is my brother Caleb sitting back with my dog Zayla enjoying uh, Sukkot. Sukkot's uh, a time that, you know, when you come out of the rat race, you know, uh, not only are you exchanging the revelation that you've been given all throughout the year, but you're also getting a chance to rest a little bit from the world and uh, if there is a big collapse, you know, hopefully we'll all have a hammock to kick back in to wait for our Messiah to return. You have got it pretty good, though. Part of the command of keeping feasts is always blowing shofars. Some are better than others. <laughs> we always enjoy blowing the shofars. Here is a clip of the baptisms that happened during Sukkot. Uh, a lot of people came out to the river. Um, fantastic time. People going and rededicating themselves to the Most High, or if they've never been baptized before, taking the plunge for the first time in Yahushua's name. Had some awesome guitar work and singing from Lyndon of uh, Left and Right Ministries. He's done some worship for Virtual House Church, uh, kind of serenading everybody while they're getting baptized. And uh, this is a real important moment for a lot of people's lives. There's nothing better than getting into nature and reflecting on the Most High and His ways. You know, what baptism represents is the old man going into the water and floating away. And we always do this at the beginning of Sukkot. It's beautiful because we start out the feast 
just fresh. And because it's a time of joy, uh, it's, it's great to just go into it, uh, rededicating yourself to the Most High, because that's the whole point of Sukkot, is celebrating uh, the Most High. This is the camp at Sukkot. There are well over 500 people at this event. And just to give you a little taste of the ambience of the tent, now that we have it all set up, uh, it's almost like a starry night inside. Uh, and it's not just light bulbs that we look at. We go outside and enjoy the stars sitting by the campfires. It's, it's an amazing experience. And it's so fantastic to fellowship with other people. It's me and Aaliyah here in the middle of the meeting. It's so important to instill some of these uh, events and these times, these set-apart times in the lives of our children uh, because the world's ways inherited in innocence and kept in ignorance. But what we've come to realize is that this is something to be passed on to the next generation because it's all about our Messiah and all about the Most High. And this is what Rob uh, taught all the time. We praise And the best part is every night we have just a full-on blast party and enjoy the feast together. Here's some of my family that was able to join us for Sukkot. Staying up late, uh, of course, you know, we're always tired. But and one of the reasons I probably sound so tired in this recording. Sukkot is a wonderful feast, and it's such a tragedy that the, the enemy of our souls, right, has blinded the church at large to this very integral and important celebration, uh, which is the very time that the Messiah, Yahushua, was born. And it's also the time that we are commanded to be joyous above all other times. And uh, what are we missing out in the Christian church at large uh, by rejecting these things that we call too Jewish, right? Even though when the Messiah comes back, all nations will be coming up to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, as we read in Zechariah 14. Uh, and how about we do what Rob Skiba suggested, right? He said, ditch the beast feasts and celebrate the seven feasts of the Most High throughout the year. Keep His Sabbaths. It's big commandment number four, and people don't realize there's actually more than just the weekly Sabbath. There are the yearly appointed times, such as this feast. I'm happy to share with you some of that footage because 
uh, it is just so fulfilling to get around other people, and we really are enjoying our time. We have several more days. It just started this week, uh, and so we have several more days of Sukkot to go, almost a whole week of camping uh, and reading Scripture and discussing the deep things. And what's so important about Sukkot is people from all over uh, the country who come together to these feasts, each of them throughout the year are being given little revelations regarding various scriptures and studies, and we all come together. It's like this big puzzle, and all the pieces form together to then kind of share the knowledge that the Most High is revealing to everyone, and it's just such a time for spiritual growth and depth of conversation, and you won't find anything like it uh, because people are actually super excited to finally get around others who share their convictions and share their faith walk, and that's why I love Sukkot so much. And uh, and I, and I just I, I'm so excited to be there. It's a blast. We're also going to be talking about, like you said, uh, Kanye West and the Hebrew identity of melanated people, if I guess you can say, uh, because there is an interesting censorship happening to anybody who speaks out against Jewish people, uh, not to mention guys like Owen Benjamin, who've been completely censored off the internet because of their uh, commentary on certain groups. Uh, and it's not because it's based on racism. It's because there's a picking apart of a uh, almost a spellcraft that's been cast over mankind uh, and people that play this uh, narrative of uh, victimhood uh, use this to rise in power to suppress anybody who might point out who's actually sitting on top of the the money pile I guess you could say uh, the people that run Hollywood the people that run the banking industry uh, and it's not that um, J people are to blame, if you get what I'm saying. But the most important thing to realize is that it is our own fault for participating in a open contract, so to speak. It's like a leprechaun offering a contract that you can sign. And uh, if you sign the contract, you get the pot of gold, but you give away your firstborn son. All righty. So to get into a few stories for our current news this week, uh, we have an interesting discussion uh, regarding the censorship of Kanye West, also now known as Ye, right, uh, who has been all over the news these past two years, two or three years, uh, for converting to Christianity, forsaking his heathen ways. Uh, you, you know, still he has his issues, and, you know, there's all the questions whether he's genuine or not. Uh, but he shared some interesting tweets recently that are tied to this current season and identity of those who uh, claim to be the people of the book, right? And so I just wanted to share this news article for our first news story. And it says this, um, Kanye's anti-Semitic tweet could be a preview of social media's future. And this is not exactly what we're focusing on, but we're going to read through this article to get a little taste of kind of what's going down, first of all. Um, Recently, he's been banned in Instagram and had to jump over to several other alternative sites to share some of his uh, apparently anti-Semitic 
uh, comments. And it says here, rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, sent an Instagram post Friday suggesting fellow musician Sean Diddy Combs was controlled by Jewish people, a common anti-Semitic trope, and within hours had removed the post and locked his account. That sent Ye to Twitter, where he publicly welcomed back by Elon Musk, who may soon take ownership of the company. Well, we know that Elon's backed out of that. Um, and Ye had posted a separate anti-Semitic tweet that he would go on DEFCON 3 on Jewish people uh, on Twitter, like Instagram, and was quick to block the post and lock his account. But what was interesting about what Kanye actually posts, and if this is not uh, more on to the bandwagon of uh, censorship regarding people that just have a different opinion. I wanted to share here what the actual tweet was and how it's tied to identity uh, regarding the people of the book. And so this is what Ye says. I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going on DeathCon 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is I can't actually be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. And and my personal opinion is that the Zionistic agenda is a deception. And, and there's a lot of hoodoo and wor word work that has kept people blinded to the identity of those who are controlling the world. And it's not just pegging it to Jewish people, but Yes, some people that are in charge of Hollywood, in charge of the music industry, do hide behind the victim mentality that is associated with this terminology. But in my personal opinion, also shared with your father, Rob Skiba, is that the tribes of Israel have thoroughly mixed in with the Gentiles. And as people regain their identity and start to separate from Babylon, the Babylonian slave system, right, we can then practice the feast, the commandments of the Most High, uh, and walk after the example of the Messiah. And that's where we regain our identity as Israel. And, and the truth is, is that um, you can't be anti-Semitic if you are more like the people of the book than the people claiming to be the people of the book, if you know what I'm saying. Because it's not about blood, as we've learned in the scriptures, but it's about faith and obedience, and that's what makes you adopted in. And of course, we're not to boast against anybody who might claim to share blood, but I personally believe that many melanated people share direct ties with the tribes of Judah, Levi, and Benjamin, and that many people, many types of colors and nations share blood with Ephraim or the Bnei Hag Goyim, right? Those who became the fullness of the Gentiles this, and those who were cast off from the northern house of Israel and thoroughly mixed in with the nations. And so it's interesting that Kanye is uh, yay or whatever. He's sharing some of this information that, hey, uh, even black people are actually Jews also. And I actually did an interesting study, and you can find it on my YouTube channel, about how it's easier to win the lottery than it is to not be related to at least one of the tribes of Israel, uh, because we all share common ancestry uh, back as early as 700 BC. And so uh, the whole point here is, uh, as we celebrate Sukkot, as people come out of the Babylonian system, we regain our identity. And this is something that's heavy on my heart, is it shouldn't be just one 
uh, color of people represented in any ecclesia or gathering, all the colors of the rainbow should be represented in the tribes of the Most High, and it is through faith in Yeshua, faith in the Messiah, that we then are grafted in, right? And and as we follow His example and we submit to the commandments of the Most High, which are the laws of the kingdom, right, including His feasts like Sukkot, we regain a new identity, and that is... Uh, in juxtaposition to those who simply claim a blood identity and they use that blood identity and a lot of the victim mentality surrounding the terminology and hide behind it uh, when people are pointing and saying, hey, did you know the people that claim the J word are in control of the music industry and the television industry and they're pushing pornography on the whole world? Well, it's, it's kind of a facade because if they're not keeping the commandments, if they don't believe in Yahushua according to the New Testament, right, then they're a natural branch that's broken off at the best, and at the worst, they're just an imposter, right? And so it's interesting that this topic came up recently during this season, uh, reaffirming, you know, another aspect that um, all peoples can trace back in some form or fashion to the scattered tribes because that was the intention to bring a harvest from the nations uh, that desire to keep and obey the ways of the Most High. So, in a way, Kanye is onto something here. All right, so we're going to go on to our next news story, and that is U.S. President Joe Biden warns Vladimir Putin is not joking about nuclear war. All right, let's check out this video. To Ukraine's counteroffensive in the south and east. Gutted by Russian rockets. Here in Zaporizhia, rescue workers search the rubble for missing residents. Local officials say several people were killed, while more have been hospitalized. After the initial dawn attack, firefighters headed to the scene. But a second salvo sent locals running for cover, as well as rescue workers. President Zelensky condemned the strikes. In Zaporizhia, after the first rocket strike today, when people came to pick apart the rubble, Russia conducted a second rocket strike. Absolute vileness, absolute evil. And there have been thousands of instances of this already. And there could be thousands more, unfortunately. Locals were left reeling. Why are they doing this to us? President Biden's comments in a moment. First, though, this attack on Zaporizhia seems to be part of a Russian pattern. Defeats on the battlefield, followed by attacks on... There's a sense here, especially leading to this winter... And this nuclear uh, brinkmanship is something that the US president has, has said that we should take very seriously uh, because um, this is not a, a threat. This is, this, is, this is something that we should... Uh, Mr Putin's threat is, a ser is something that we should uh, take seriously, the biggest threat since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, what do people there in Kyiv say? 
Well, that's the interesting thing. So basically, up until the last couple of days, people just haven't been taking it seriously. They've been seeing it as kind of symptom of Russian weakness, of desperation, an attempt to kind of escalate, given those kind of uh, Russian failures on the battlefield, uh, and basically kind of saber rattle. I think what really has made people think here have been those comments from the US, not only from Joe Biden, but also in previous kind of days and weeks from uh, retired top US generals who've been kind of talking about what NATO, the US, would do in case of a Russian use of nuclear weapons, talking about you know, sinking the Russian fleet, uh, attacking all Russian troops on Ukrainian territory. I think that really has made people think that you know, the US is taking this seriously, and we've seen how uh, precise those US intelligence predictions were running into the war when people here didn't want to believe that Russia was going to launch a full-scale invasion and those American predictions turned out to be right. So there's lots of kind of nervous talk about buying iodine tablets, working out what to do if a nuclear attack were to happen, and even lots of kind of dark humour about raves and the kind of things people would do on their last few days after a nuclear attack. So there's a kind of attempt to try and kind of lighten the tone, but people are now increasingly thinking about this seriously and thinking about what to do. And all of this because... Uh... All right, and so, of course, we have here an example of Putin making good on his threats. Uh, I believe what happened was the power grid in Ukraine was shut down by some missile strikes. And the, it, it kind of goes counter-narrative to what's been shared in the news regarding the weakened state of the Russian military uh, invasion. And so... What's uh, troubling here is some of the comments by U.S. P President Joe Biden. Of course, when he's uh, we have headlines here, Biden warns of risk of nuclear Armageddon. And uh, personally, I, you know, <laughs> I'm starting to have dreams that World War III is kickstarted. And we even have talks recently of uh, Belarus uh, possibly joining the war. There's various aspects of this story that are, are just interesting to pay attention to. But you can see that the news is so one-sided in how it presents the topic that you're automatically pitted against the Russian uh, force invading Ukraine uh, just in our media that we consume. And, uh, and it's just interesting that this is being dished out to mankind as almost a big distraction uh, and something to focus on post uh, the past two years, you know, medical experiment that's been going on. And so I uh, just wanted to keep us aware of this, uh, that there's, you know, comments coming from Biden that Armageddon and nuclear war is on the doorstep. And uh, it's just more fear mongering. Uh, and of course, we see in the scriptures that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, but the end is still not yet. And, uh, and so if, if nuclear war did happen, I, I love to ask the question, and those of you who are watching can share in the comments, if a nuclear strike happened in your country or wherever you're located, what would your course of action be? Uh, because they're definitely, you know, dinging the bell of calamity. And so that's one of the reasons also throw ba throwing back to why I appreciate Sukkot so much is because it's a time that... Uh, we go and prepare for living in the wilderness, which would be the event on some type of full-scale World War III event. All right, here's our next news story, a short video I wanted to share regarding deep fake possibly fooling all of us when it's combined with AI. And uh, let's just check this video. Simon Cole because this is deep fake.
And this is a deep fake of Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky asking his soldiers to surrender. One is entertaining, while the other is alarming about the dangers of deep fake. These are the two faces of deep fake. Due to the term fake, the phrase deep fake evokes a negative feeling. Companies like Metaphysic are doing everything they can to dispel the misconceptions about deep fakes in the public eye. This is what they did on America's Got Talent. There are many practical applications for deep fakes across a wide range of sectors. For instance, news outlets may publish news 24 hours a day, seven days a week without the actual reporter present, by using a deep fake of their own reporter. They may reduce studio and labor costs, saving the business a great deal of time and money. The news anchor Kim Juha from the Korean television network MBN was deep faked for viewers. The newsreader would be a fake, as the channel had previously informed viewers and Kim Ju Ha is still employed. However, MBN stated that it intended to keep using the deepfake for some breaking news reports, and Deep Brain A, the South Korean company that created the deepfake, has stated that it is looking for media buyers in China and the US, which has some people worried that newsreaders may become obsolete. A TikTok account solely dedicated to Tom Cruise deepfakes has been created as a result of how far deepfakes have advanced in recent years. Videos of Cruz doing everything including washing his hands and playing golf, as well as doing magic tricks are available online. The same firm that produced a convincing imitation of Simon Cowell, Metaphysic, made this. There are many potential users of deepfakes in the film industry. You may bring a deceased actor or actress back. It is debatable from an ethical standpoint. However, if we don't consider ethics, it's quite doable and simple. Also, it is probably far less expensive than alternative choices. Deepfakes enable translated films that feature the original actors, since they can modify footage and duplicate voices. The voices resemble the original cast members. And critically, the lip motions even match the words uttered. With the help of positive deepfakes, we can thus better exchange ideas, movies, and other creative works on a global scale, even those with tighter finances. This should increase the variety of entertainment and content we consume. In other words, Deepfakes can overcome language barriers and increase the accessibility of content. Deepfakes aren't just found in videos. A rapidly expanding field with a vast array of uses is deepfake audio. Deep learning algorithms can now create realistic audio deepfakes with just a few hours of audio of the person whose voice is being replicated. Once a model of a voice is created, that person can be made to say anything. Thanks to deepfake audio, programmers may now allow gamer characters to say anything in-game rather than depending on a small number of lines that were produced before the game was released. Some people use this technology to commit financial fraud, data breaches, phishing scams, automated misinformation attacks, and the spread of misleading information from sources that are normally trustworthy. Critics also point out the risks of utilizing deepfakes to further a political agenda, such as by creating credible fake news. Politicians have also employed deepfake videos. In 2018, a Belgian political party made public a video showing Donald Trump pressing Belgium to leave the Paris Climate Accord in a speech. Trump never gave that speech. However, it was a deepfake. It can be used to scam people by using the identities of popular people, and there is enough data on social media to identify a certain influencer or celebrity. There are thousands of photos and videos online which can be used as training data to create frauds in the name of authentic people. This is some of the reasons why the AI community is afraid of making deep faking available to everyone regardless of their background, just like AI image generators. Just like deep fakes, AI image generators can be used for illegal activities as platforms like DALI become hyper-realistic and look genuine. On GitHub, a lot of deep fake software may be discovered. 
Deepfake production is legal because some of these apps are only used for pure entertainment, but other apps are much more likely to be used maliciously. Many experts predict that as technology advances, deepfakes will become much more sophisticated and pose more substantial hazards to the public in the form of electoral meddling, political unrest, and increased criminal activity. While deepfakes will only get more realistic with time as techniques improve, we're not wholly defenseless when it comes to countering them. Deepfake detection techniques are being developed by several businesses, some of which are startups. For instance, Sensity has created a platform for deepfake identification that works like an antivirus and notifies users through email when they are watching something that contains the telltale signs of AI-generated fake media. The deep learning techniques employed by Sensity to detect fake videos are the same techniques used to create deepfakes. Deepfake is being used by certain well-known brands to produce advertising that is distinctive and may appeal to a variety of consumers. Cadbury collaborated with Bollywood star Shah Rukh Khan on a marketing initiative for COVID-19-affected small businesses in India. Owners of businesses provided information about their establishments, and Cadbury employed deepfake technology to simulate Mr. Khan endorsing them in targeted advertisements. A similar initiative by Lays, earlier in 2021 saw the creation of a website called Messy Messages, where fans could input their names to receive personalized messages from the legendary footballer. Deepfake is being used by brands to reduce the cost of their video advertisements. Deepfake campaigns make it easier for companies to enter foreign markets, stretch their marketing budgets, and provide audiences with hyper-personalized content at the touch of a button. And in five to seven years, any individual, such as a YouTuber or a TikToker, will be able to produce the same quality of visual effects that are currently only available to the most well-resourced Hollywood studio. All right, so as you see, the technology to push deep fakes forward is surpassing anything we've expected. Uh, of course, this brings to mind certain concerns like identity fraud, whatever. And what locks that down uh, in the biblical sense of the word is something called a mark of the beast, right? Because if, uh, if you're convinced that the only way to preserve your identity against somebody mimicking you and acting and speaking just like you would is to receive something that locks your identity in place. And that's where I could definitely see a fulfillment of a Mark of the Beast type thing. Uh, the Hegelian dialectic is once again at play, ladies and gentlemen, with this topic. Because uh, as we seek a solution to the possibility of somebody stealing our identity we then open ourselves up to whatever they offer us, right? And, uh, and could it be tied to the blockchain? I think it's all connected, uh, but I just wanted to keep you guys aware of this advance in technology. I know we've covered it in the past. Jeremiah and I even have a kind of funny deep fake uh, montage, and I, I thought that was hilarious. But it's just important to keep in mind that uh, while it might be alarming that there's deepfake capability, we are feeding the beast, right, with all of our social media posts, our photos, our videos, and they can use that to then capture our identity online and completely recreate us through AI. And uh, it's kind of a, a freaky topic, but once again, wanted to share with you guys just so you're aware. All right, moving on to our next topic uh, here's a, an interesting video on do these conservative and liberal girls agree on my body, my choice? Let's check this video out. Can I just say, 
My body, my choice. Thank you. It's a choice between me and my doctor. The, the government should have no say in whether or not I get a Did you just say a Okay, like, I know we've covered this topic quite a bit recently, but the importance is, is that the medical industry is absolutely uh, tightening their grip on the entire world. And I have a couple uh, images for us to look through here today. <laughs> Safe and effective is not a lie. It's two lies. And it's so fascinating that the whole push of the liberal agenda over the past... 60 years since Roe versus Wade or whatnot is that my body, my choice is the standard, right? Until it comes to the V topic. And uh, I just wanted to show that funny video. And, uh, and of course, just the pink elephant in the room. You know, we need to recognize that uh, the experiment that was conducted on mankind has been proved to have adverse effects. And we're here to warn you guys because we have a love for the truth and we don't want to see you suffer. And so please, if you've participated in this experiment, don't double down as they want you to. And in the future, uh, of course, we know that their agenda is to control mankind further through the medical industry because there's a lot of money to be made when you make customers instead of curing people. Wow, Jake, that was great. Thank you so much. Great job, man. Uh, and now, uh, hey, Opa, I think it's uh, time for uh, Opa's Corner. Welcome to Opa's Corner. So let's start off with a few stories. A father passing by his son's bedroom was astonished to see the bed was nicely made and everything was picked up. Then he saw an envelope propped up prominently on the pillow. It was addressed, Dad. With the worst premonition, he opened the envelope and read the letter with trembling hands. Dear Dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with Mom and you. I've been finding real passion with Stacy, and she is so nice. But I knew that you would not approve of her because of her piercings, tattoos, tight motorcycle clothes, and because she is so much older than I am. But it's not only the passion, Dad. She's pregnant. Stacy said that we will be very happy. She owns a trailer in the woods and has a stack of firewood for the whole winter. We share a dream of having many more children. Stacy has opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana really doesn't hurt anyone. We'll be growing it for ourselves and trading it with other people in the commune for all the cocaine and ecstasy we want. <laughs> in the meantime, we'll pray that science will find a cure for AIDS so that Stacy can get better. She sure deserves it. Don't worry, Dad. I am 15 and I know how to take care of myself. 
Someday, I'm sure we'll be back to visit so that you can get to know your many grandchildren. <laughs> Love, your son, Joshua. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Jason's house. I just wanted to remind you that there are worse things in life than the school report that's on the kitchen table. Call me when it's safe for me to come home. An old Native American man needed to borrow $500. So he goes to his local bank and asks to speak with a loan officer. The banker welcomes him and says a loan application form must be completed. So he takes a loan application form from his desk drawer and begins to question the old man. So, what are you going to do with the money? He asks the man. Buy silver, make jewelry, then sell it, the man responded. And what do you have for collateral? Asks the banker. Don't know collateral, replied the old man. Well, that's something of value that you provide us with to cover the cost of the loan if you fail to repay, the banker said. For instance, have you got any vehicles? Yes, 1979 Chevy pickup, replied the old man. The banker shook his head. No, that won't do. How about livestock? Yes, I have a horse, replied the old man. How old is it? The banker inquired. Don't know. Has no teeth, replies the old man. The conversation went on like this for a while, but eventually the banker decides to grant the $500 loan to the old man. Several weeks later, he returns to the bank. He pulls out a roll of $100 bills from his pocket. Here to repay, he says. Then he hands the banker $500 in $100 bills to repay his loan. Business has been good, I see, says the banker. What are you going to do with the rest of that money? Keep it close to me, the old man responded. Why don't you deposit it in my bank, the banker requires. Don't know deposit, required the old man. Well, you just put the money in our bank and we take care of it for you. Whenever you want to use it, you can withdraw it, the banker responded. The old Native American leans across the desk and looks at the banker in the eye and asks, What you got for collateral? <laughs> Fred Gibbs was in his early 60s, retired, and had started a second career in catering. However, he just couldn't seem to get to work on time. Every day he was two, three, five minutes late. However, he was a good worker, really clever, so the owner was in a quandary about how to deal with it. Finally, one day, he called Steve into his office for a talk. Fred, I have to tell you, I like your work ethic. You do a top-class job, but your being late so often is quite a worry. Yes, I realize that, sir, and I'm working on it, replied Fred. 
I'm pleased to hear that. You are a team player. It's odd, though, that you're coming in late. I know that you retired from the Royal Navy. What did they say when you came in late there? They said, good morning, Admiral. <laughs> and now for the funnies. The fuel light's on, Frank. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Wait, wait, oh, my mistake. That's the intercom light. <laughs> Zach Barry, your daddy is calling from work with a question about his computer. <laughs> Ticks fleas, Ticks fleas. <laughs> Puppy school. Kitten school. <laughs> Based on all the head tilts, maybe I better explain this again. Well, here we go again. Did anyone here not eat his or her homework on the way to school? If a customer can't reach an item, jump on the shelf and knock it down. <sighs> I knew this job would have perks. <laughs> the big bad wolf learns the meaning of irony firsthand. Swine flu. These things are weird. Apparently, they can stay in one spot for hours without moving. Hey, not this new stuff. We want Jurassic Coke. <laughs> He's constantly on his shell phone. While vacationing in Africa, Pinocchio had his longtime wish to be a real boy suddenly and unexpectedly granted. Poof! I'm a real boy! <laughs> oh, yeah. Spiders, scorpions, and insecticides, oh my! Spiders, scorpions, and insecticides. Oh, my! <laughs> I meant pass me the stuffing from the turkey! <laughs> the 100-meter mosey. <laughs> Latte, Jed? Saving on transportation costs, some pioneers were known to head west on covered skates. 
<laughs> Practicing his skills wherever possible, Zoro's younger and less astute brother Gomez had a similar career cut short. <laughs> Department of Fraud. Before we process your claim, ma'am, you'll need to provide us with a complete list of your bank accounts, passwords, and, of course, social security number. <laughs> Stradivarius. Start your kids on one today. Violin Scalor. Some wolves, their habitat destroyed and overwhelmed by human pressures, turned to snorting quack. Smash your left hand down right about here three times, then twice up in this area, then three times right about here. That's Luai Luai. When birds don't read, fountain of youth. There's some folks. These rare and lovely creatures have no natural enemies, but balloon animals never last too long in this harsh land. Hat hunters. That awkward moment when a zombie looking for brains walks right past you. <laughs> and that concludes Opa's Corner for this episode. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken. Das ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Opa, that was a great Opa's Corner. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know everybody loves Opa's Corner as much as I do, and I'm sorry for everybody watching that sometimes I laugh a little bit too hard, but I hope it makes you laugh, me laughing. <laughs> so now I think it's time for uh, some history. So today's history is about this man right there. His name is Robert Tilton. And these next couple of weeks, I'm going to try to be exposing all of these wolves in sheep's clothing. So, Opa, do you know anything about Robert Tilton? No, not specifically. I mean, I, I, I know that he had a church right off of I-30 and he had a big grain tower where he had his name and everything uh, plastered all over it. and. He had a big church and 
probably one of the first televangelists that uh, collected tons and tons of money. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're going to learn today about how much money he made. Um, so Robert Tilton was an American televangelist and former pastor of the Word of Faith Family Church. Right here, as Opa said, in the DFW area, Dallas, Texas, which has a lot of mega church pastors for some reason. I don't know why. Nobody knows why, but who knows? Uh, his peak was in 1991. Tilton's show Success in Life was worth more than $80 million at the time. And I, I, Opa, do you know what kind of inflation that is? About $80 million? What is that today? A bunch. A bunch? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it, it was told to me, and I'll play the clip later, but it he made more than Madonna and Michael Jackson in their prime. All tax-free. So... Let's, I think he's the most flamboyant televangelist, one of the most likable, but you, you hate him because of what he did. Not hate, hate's a strong word, but we, we really, you know, you love him, but you don't love him, if that makes sense. So let's play clip number one. I'm just getting into a prophetic vein. Someone with a digestive tract problems. Quickly call. There's a miracle for you. Intestinal problems. Someone with similar intestinal problems. We've seen several people being delivered from the classroom bag. Disability with a child. Some type of a learning disability. We've seen many, many children healed. We've seen midgets grow. We've seen arms and legs that stop growing because of growth cells that stop. I don't make this stuff up. We've seen midgets grow. We've seen arms and legs that stop growing because the growth cells that stop. I don't make this stuff up. We have thousands of testimonials documented by people's lives that have been changed. See, I get so filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in my, my heart that it begins just to bubble up. And when I'm talking to you, it just hits me. It just becomes like honey. It just begins to flow out of my being. And I just, I fall in love with hearing God speak to me through his word. And, and then it just gets in, even now, it's just like I'm being overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit of God. I love to speak to you and to encourage you and to sincerely help you. It's not fake. It's faith. It's not fake. I'm not fake. This is not fake. It's faith faith that's why you've got to get it and stay in it once you start you start rowing <laughs> see faith's like a boat you got the oar of faith that's not enough to have faith you must have the corresponding actions to go along with it otherwise you just row with one oar and your boat just goes in a circle some people have faith but they don't have any works. some people have works but they don't have any faith but you get them both going the same time Woo, you've got something happening let's pray now <laughs> Did you know you can get healed and delivered? You can get healed and delivered financially. So many people are sick financially. It's a spirit. It's a demon. And God has anointed me to break the curse of poverty off of the body of Christ. Well, the world can live in poverty, but God chose the poor of this world to be rich in faith. And who do we preach the gospel to? Those that are poor. What's the gospel? You don't have to be poor and broke no more. For I have sent my servant to prophesy life to you, abundance to you, health to you, saith the Lord. So do not draw back, but take this word and mix it with the action of faith. And you see that mixing of action with your faith will bring about the miracle you need this day in your life, saith the Lord. 
I love to prophesy. Oh, I love to, I, I tell you, I love to prophesy. Amen. Amen. Every prayer request that is called in, I personally pray over. And then your prayer request is sent to our Miracle Prayer Center in the Holy Land of Miracles, Jerusalem, the place where miracles begin to happen through Jesus Christ, the city that God chose to place his name there. So we're praying here, and they're praying there, and you're praying, and we're lifting up our prayers like an aroma, a sweet-smelling smelling savor to heaven in God. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. I hear the Lord saying yes, 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 yes. I hear the Lord saying yes, 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 yes. Yes, the promises of God are in him. Yes, and amen to them that believe. So that was a little bit of Robert Tilton, and he taught the prosperity gospel. Now, let's get into the dark side of how this happy, funny, and lovable man took advantage of millions and millions of people and made millions and millions of dollars doing it. And if there's ever a movie, I want to play him because that's one role of a lifetime. So let's play that clip. Robert Tilton. This collarbone together, bones come together. As many as 30 million Americans tune in each month to watch this kind of religious programming. Swing it back! The typical viewer lives in the South or Midwest, has only a high school education, and is usually a woman, often 55 or older. God gave me this truth. He didn't send me the rich fat cat. No, he certainly didn't. Most followers make between fifteen dollars and $25,000 a year. But while they may be on a tight budget, they're extremely generous. And no one knows that better than televangelist Robert Tilton. You're now going to meet a man who takes in more money than the income, we figure, of Madonna and Michael Jackson combined. Where it takes a lot of money to keep one of these TV ministries on the air. Making money and marketing are what this man does best. People said his organization is a state-of-the-art factory for donations. All for the operations and bank accounts of the Robert Tilton ministry. And I'll tell you something else. Those that mess with me, they're messing with the apple in God's eye. This is Robert Tilton. He has the fastest growing ministry on television today. You foul, rotten, sneaking devil, I'm going to beat you up, you devil. I'm going to cut you to pieces in the name of Jesus. Viewers are riveted by his melodrama, his quirky style. I love you. And he parlays all of it into a high-tech church in Dallas and more airtime than almost any other televangelist. I'll say yes, Lord. Tilton takes in so much money, he makes other TV ministers look like amateurs. And I want you to make a thousand dollar vow of faith. Oh, I know you probably don't have a thousand dollars, but vow it. Try to find out how much money Tilton makes and you discover the ministry is shrouded in secrecy. The pastor has bodyguards. His offices are sealed off with armed security and surveillance cameras. But Primetime obtains some of Tilton's financial documents. These are daily deposits. And based on these, Tilton's followers sent his ministry conservatively $80 million a year, tax-free. Good morning and welcome to Word of Faith Family Church. Tilton's televised service is an expensive multimedia variety hour. But for all his flashy style, Tilton insists he's still a simple preacher who cares about the sickness and suffering of his followers. Bones come together. Now move it around. Start moving around. Start thanking God. Who else in severe pain? He also tells followers he'll pray for their miracles. 
so they should send him money. In this fundraising campaign two months ago, Tilton told followers he was making a pilgrimage to the mountains just for them. Separated myself from the hustle and bustle of the city life, just as Jesus withdrew himself and went to the mountainside to pray. Like Jesus? The Bible says Jesus went to fast and separate himself from worldly things. Pastor Bob flew first class to a posh ski resort in Colorado. Three suitcases for five days. A room with a fireplace. He even brought his own television along while asking followers to send in money. So we decided to take hidden cameras to see what we could learn about Robert Tilton's fundraising. It led us first to the nerve center of his ministry, the company that organizes his direct mail. It's called Response Media. Bob is, is, uh, is doing far better than anyone. Jim Moore is president of Response Media. He handles not only Tilton, but a number of big corporate accounts. We told Moore that we were media consultants for this man, Dallas Minister Ole Anthony. We asked him to show us how to start a big money ministry like Tilton's. Give him something free. You know, we want to mail you the next copy of X, get the name and address. So, new names is the key. New names is just a name. New names. We learned that once people give you their names, it's easy to keep them on the hook. You mail them something with a gimmick in it. First of all, when you send an item in it, it gets your attention. That's number one. Tilton sends out an avalanche of things he asks viewers to send back to him. Miracle prayer claws he promises to touch and place upon an altar. Arrows he'll use to take aim at a sufferer's needs. There's holy water from the River Jordan, miracle anointing oil. Though Moore said some of the items come from that holy place, Taiwan. The letters accompanying the items are written by ghost writers to pressure followers to write back and make donations too. Does it work? People send them in by the truckloads. It's a great marketing scheme. There is a feeling of obligation to send it back, and they do. And usually they can send it back, oh, I'll go ahead and get five dollars. Uh, it just, I'm not sure exactly all the reasons why it works, but I can tell you from years and years of experience, it does. And when the letters arrive, they're processed so the company knows which fundraising appeals you can use to squeeze followers for the most donations. Take clients' files and run them up against demographic information and create a, uh, a profile of who their people are, uh, how many people have cars that are uh, new. So it's market research, not God, who can tell Tilton which appeals reach the richest donors, which illnesses create the most dollar opportunities. Someone had a growth. I just saw a growth being healed. And Tilton creates the impression that after he pays for his overhead and all that expensive airtime, the money goes to good works like these, his missions around the world. But we tracked down every charitable contribution of Tilton we could find, and we calculate he spends more in a year on billboards around Dallas than he does on all of these missions combined. And what about this mission, Tilton's orphanage in Haiti? We kept thinking about Bob Jones and how he told us you could just fix yourself up a sign and claim an orphanage. Put your name on there, whatever you want. At the World Harvest Orphanage. Tilton uses three different names for his Haiti orphanages. We asked the government officials in charge of foreign missions if they'd heard of any of Tilton's orphanages. They said no. So nothing from Robert Tilton here. And Tilton's marketing director made it clear when it comes to money for missions, Tilton is very smart. He's careful not to say what donation goes where, so he can avoid, again, how Jim and Tammy got caught. They could have taken as much money as they wanted to and never had to drive. Yeah. Robert Tilton, as I knew him, was practicing to become a salesman. 
that was his concept of success. This man who wanted anonymity is just one of several old friends of Robert Tilton who talked to us. He remembers when they were in college, they would use drugs or get drunk and go off to tent revivals as a kind of sport. And we'd be drunk and uh, go down front, fall to our knees, uh, speak in tongues. I think that anybody who was there would realize that some people are going to believe anything. And all you have to do is capitalize on that belief. Tilton and his friends started developing parodies, so-called Jesus raps of their own. Oh, dear God, come into this young woman's life here tonight. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we believe in prayer. We believe in miracles. I personally thought I was a lot better at it than he was. Tilton, who never finished college, admits he was a drug user, but says he was saved when some people came to his house and explained Christ. I just changed. I just fell in love with everybody. But he never tells followers how he and his friends talked about running preacher scams and cashing in. We said that when we graduated, that we would buy a good tent, a dynamite sound system, a good amen section, and fly around the country and get rich. We sold everything that we had, bought an old ragged tent, and a big old truck, and a travel trailer, and we headed out to tell people about this gospel of Jesus. That was 1974 when Tilton started out, and by 1981, he had hit the big time. How? For several years, Tilton courted a man counts have tied to organized crime and drug smuggling. Herman Beebe, a financier whose banks gave Tilton a $1.3 million loan, though Tilton claims he never met the man. And after Tilton got the money, he got a new image, too. A permanent wave for his hair, plastic surgery, and like his good buddy Jim Baker, a talent for tears on demand. He says I was washing my face this morning, all the cancer fell off. And we were there one day with Hidden Camera, when he made it clear the tears of his followers are good for the TV pitch, too. Bill Hardy left the Tilton ministry after two years as a telephone prayer minister, taking calls from desperate followers. Uh, we had to basically be off the line in seven minutes. Hardy showed us the phone scripts, which directed ministers to get a minimum vow of $100 from each caller. We truly became the McDonald's of ministry. We were selling our ministry for money. Elizabeth Montcalm, a temporary employee at AT&T. When Tilton went to Israel last year, she and others at AT&T were asked to pose as Tilton prayer ministers. AT&T has since stopped taking Tilton's calls. He now uses people off the street. And his followers believe what Tilton says about himself in the ministry magazine. That he only gets a salary set by an independent firm and one perk, a parsonage. But could this be the parsonage in Swank Rancho, Santa Fe, California? A $4.5 million Lakeview home with pool, jacuzzis, thousands of dollars in furnishings, a four-car garage for Tilton's Mercedes. And the house was paid for in cash. Or is this the parsonage in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where Tilton has just bought a $132,000 boat? Tilton's ministry is building yet another home in Las Colinas, Texas, while in the meantime, renting a fourth home, also in Texas, for $6,000 a month. And take a look at this document which shows that Tilton has organized his ministry as a sole proprietorship, giving himself access to all its wealth. Bank says he has one and a half million dollars in cash and CDs. 
he has access to $14 million in treasury bills and real estate bought at a cost of $40 million. That's in all $60 million in assets available to Tilton. There's only his board to hold him accountable. So who's on the board? Tilton, his secretary, and his wife. So this man was involved in an undercover investigation. He kept denying all of his accusations, all the accusations that they were putting forward. And a lot of people were trying to expose what he was actually doing to people. And about that time, the ministry fell apart. And uh, there was a big public outcry, which I encourage you to look into on your own and really go down the Robert Tilton rabbit hole because it's pretty crazy. I know I use that word too much, crazy, but it is crazy. After that, after he was kind of out of it for about 20 years, he, uh, one day out of the blue, about five years ago, um, a video was posted and then more were posted. And uh, this is a video that I put together, but these are the videos. This is Robert Tilton's karma. This is what he's known for today. So let's roll that clip. When I kneel in the chapel, I'm going to ask God to put his big arms around you and heal your broken heart. Thank you, Lord. I, um, today, just sense such an unusual presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go into the chapel. This is operating scripturally in God's word. Everything that I've said. It's what God said. Praise God. And as you know, yesterday, the gifts of the Spirit just came into operation. Woo, hallelujah. Just came into operation. Do not doubt, but believe and act upon the prophetic prophesied word for ordaining a blessing in your life this day, saith the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, according to 1 Corinthians 12, that was the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues with prophecy mixed in there. Uh -huh. Thank you, Lord. Oh, see, it's the anointing or the presence of God that breaks the powers of darkness off of you. So, thank you, Lord. I want so much to pray for you. But I know that God's got... Haba, <laughs> haba. Those disciples wanted to get their sick friend to Jesus. Had the size of the car, the approximate car that fits your needs, and you seed for it. That seed will come up. That seed will come up. I decree that seed to come up. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> now I'm going to pray for everyone that's called in. Some God begin to bring it in. If you'll stay in faith and begin to read these books and listen to these tapes that I send out and meditate by Santa and meditate in God's will, stuff works. Pray this prayer away from God. And you see that mixing of action with your faith will bring about the miracle you need this day in your life, saith the Lord. I love to prophesy. Oh, I love to prophesy. I tell you, I love to prophesy. Amen. Amen. Off of your transportation. 
<laughs> that was for someone in a transportation word. The Lord shall cause out enemies that rise up against thee. Glory to God to be smitten before thy face. <laughs> Here's a nice one. Maybe they'll put that one on TV. <laughs> Shade tree, place in life. And he has one for you. He has one for you. Oh, I just weave in, in and out of the prophetic word. I just weave in and out of the spirit. Some people say, oh, that's just like that. He's just acting. So you think that's uh, enough karma for him to have to go through? What do you think, Opa? I think that uh, <laughs> those were so strong that they actually knock stuff down in our studio. I was laughing so hard I bumped back here and some stuff fell on me, but so worth it. So what do you think about Robert Tilton after, I mean, you didn't really know much about him before this, right? No, but I always felt like, I mean, anybody that says that I'm not fake, I'm not fake, mm -hmm. kind of raises big questions with me. And um, I thought that he was entertaining from a standpoint of oh, yeah. uh, being able to sit back and kind of smile and giggle and what have you. But as far as being an honest minister, I don't know. I, I never believe that. Well, I mean, I'll be getting into Benny Hinn uh, later on in the you know upcoming episodes, but that was the one time I ever felt like I was in the presence of the devil in the same room it was when I was live at a Benny Hinn show is what I'm going to call it because he was taking advantage of people that had cancer that had you know uh, all kinds of different illnesses and and I just I saw it and it just made me sick and people were like in a trance and and it just you know you may have a different opinion uh you who's watching and and that's okay but just know that that if they're after money they're probably not good because the root of all evil is money. So, anyways, that's all I got for history. I hope you enjoyed that last clip as much as I did, knocking all the stuff down off of the studio backdrop. <laughs> but uh, thank you for watching history. Alrighty, let's get into a couple little quick memes here in a, in a short video that I find hilarious. Meme me up. Here's a picture of the FBI releasing terrifying images of domestic terrorists at work. Uh, of course, those who are patriotic, you know, I know it's supposedly a fable of the whole uh, formation of the modern American flag. Uh, but isn't it so interesting that those who wish to do the very things that those who founded this country encouraged us to do, which is stand for liberty, stand for freedom of speech, stand for the Second Amendment, that those are the people that are being considered as domestic terrorists. So it's just crazy. And it's a really uh, interesting photo to share because it's standing up against the tyranny of the tax system of the British that actually kicked this country in the butt to get going, right? And, uh, and so what are we doing today? Are we standing up for our freedoms? Are we standing up for our bodily autonomy? And uh, if we are, then this 
you know, picture is applicable to you, right? Because are we standing up for our freedoms? And, uh, and I know, you know, when the revolutionaries started to fight back, they were standing up for their freedoms. Here's a funny meme. Isn't it weird how we pay money to see other people? And somebody quotes, oh, you mean prostitution, concerts, or the movies? And the reply is, glasses. And I can definitely relate to that uh, interesting <laughs> tweet there. And we're going to finish off with this hilarious video of Californians moving to Texas. And I, I bet you can definitely relate to this funny video, Jeremiah. Hope you enjoy. Oh. Honey, someone's going to the house. Someone's going to the house. What do we do? Oh, you call the pops. I'm going to call the pops. Uh, we're recording no, no, you. No, no, no. It's okay. I, I, I'm just your neighbor coming by to say howdy. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, we're not used to people stopping by to say howdy without assaulting us first, robbing us, or defecating on our lawn. Sometimes all three. <laughs> we're from Los Angeles. I figured. Oh, the California plates? Well, yeah, the masks. Inside your own house, no one else around. 2022. <laughs> we just want to be extra safe. We feel naked without masks. We'll probably wear them for the rest of our lives. We'll be buried in them. Name's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I'm Timpani. She, her. And I'm Steve. He, him. What are your pronouns? I don't believe in pronouns. I don't. I figured you'd get a kick out of that one, Jeremiah. And uh, man, it's just so great to be part of Skiba News Nation and carrying on uh, this pursuit of truth that Rob instilled in so many people and, and Jeremiah, I, I just, uh, I offer you condolences for, uh, Rob and I loved him so much. He, he had such a big impact on my life. And, and I know that as you pursue after truth and you seek after, uh, finding out who, you know, Rob was and, and what he taught and, and you learn to grow your own love for the truth that, uh, as we pursue on this journey of Skiba News Nation and all these different things that, um, man, I think he'd be very proud of you. And I'm so glad to be a part of Skiba News Nation. So we are just at a year since Rob passed away. And it is, uh, it's a really difficult thing. And so I want to ask everyone to please keep Jeremiah and, and uh, Sheila in your prayers because uh, you know, when you lose a family member, it is so hard, but there have been so many people that Rob influenced through his content that would consider him like family. Right. And, and I know I'm one of those people who he had such an impact in my life, uh, through just being a mentor, a person I can look up to somebody that awakened me to many various truths, right? Just as he has many people watching this show. And, uh, and I just wanted to honor him you know, just remembering Rob since we are airing the marathon of his best content on Skiba News Nation over on Rob's channel. And uh, and I just want to read a couple passages in Second Esdras regarding what happens when you die, right? And, uh, and it's hopefully a comfort to those and a reminder to those of the life that Rob lived. And, and, and you'll see which side of the fence he fell on. Uh, because his whole life was dedicated to preaching truth and 
uh, falling in love with the word of the Most High. And uh, so I want to read this passage in 2 Esdras, uh, and hopefully you guys will uh, see why this is such a fascinating passage and why it is so valuable um, to us in applying to our faith walk, recognizing that death is not the end, right? And so what Rob petitioned for all of us to do is to obey the commandments and follow after our Messiah with all of our heart. And, uh, and I believe he fell on, on the righteous side of this fence. And so let's read 2 Esdras chapter 7, starting in verse 75. And this passage is, of course, uh, about the state of the dead before judgment. And Esdras, or Ezra, uh, is questioning an angel regarding what happens when you die. And, of course, this was contained in the original King James Bible. Uh, it was uh, considered apocryphal by the Protestant church, of course. But it has uh, a lot of tones that make me chalk it up as absolute scripture. And so that's why I wanted to read this, because uh, in remembering Rob, uh, I feel that this would be a very important thing to share with those um, who have been touched by his life to remind you that he's in uh, a peaceful rest right now, awaiting that resurrection, and that we too can pursue after the same race that he ran so faithfully, right? And we can follow our Messiah just like he encouraged us to do in obeying this, the commandments. And uh, here's what it says. The state of the dead before judgment. I answered and said, if I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, show this also to your servant, whether after death, as soon as every one of us yields up the soul, we shall be kept in rest until those times come when you will renew the creation, or whether we shall be tormented at once. He answered me and said, I will show you that also. But do not include yourself with those who have shown scorn or number yourself among those who are tormented, for you have a treasure of works stored up with the Most High, for it will not be shown to you until the last times. Now concerning death, the teaching is, when the decisive decree is gone out from the Most High, that a person shall die as the Spirit leaves the body to return again to him who gave it. First of all, it adores the glory of the Most High. And if it is one of those who have shown scorn that have not kept the ways of the Most High, who have despised his law and hated those who fear God, such spirits will not enter into habitations, but shall immediately wander into torment, always grieving and sad in seven ways. The first way, because they have scorned the law of the Most High. The second, because they have, cannot now make good repentance so that they may live. First John 3, right? First John 2, uh, faithful and just to forgive us our sins, right? Continue on. The third way, they shall see the reward laid up for those who have trusted in the covenants of the Most High. The fourth way, they shall consider the torment laid up for themselves in the last day. The fifth way, they shall see how the habitations of others are guarded by angels in profound quiet. The sixth way, they shall see how some of them will cross over into torments. The seventh way, which is worse than all the ways that have been mentioned, because they shall utterly waste away in confusion and be consumed with shame and shall wither with fear at seeing the glory of the Most High in whose presence they sinned while they were alive and whose presence they are to be judged in the last times. Now this 
is the order of those who've kept the ways of the Most High. And this is what I think of when I think of Rob Skiba, right? Somebody who encouraged us throughout his life to return to the ancient paths, to not separate ourselves from those who do Jewish things, but to do the things that the Messiah told us to do, which is keeping the commandments, the Torah, the instructions of Yahuwah, right? When they shall be separated from their mortal body, during the time that they lived in it, they laboriously served the Most High and withstood danger every hour so that they might keep the law of the lawgiver perfectly. Therefore, this is the teaching concerning them. First of all, they shall see with great joy the glory of him who receives them, for they shall have rest in seven orders. The first order, because they have striven with great effort to overcome the evil thought that was formed within them, so that it might not lead them astray from life into death. The second order, because they see the perplexity in which the souls of the ungodly wander and the punishment that awaits them. The third order, they see the witness that he who formed them bears concerning them, that throughout their life they kept the law which they were entrusted. The fourth order, they understand the rest that now they now enjoy. The rest that they now enjoy. Being gathered into their chambers and guarded by angels in profound quiet and the glory waiting for them in the last days. The fifth order, they rejoice that they have now escaped what is corruptible and shall inherit that is to come. And because they see the straits and toil from which they have been delivered and the spacious liberty that they are to receive and enjoy in immortality. The sixth order, when it has shown them how their face is to shine like the sun and how they are to be made like the light of the stars, being incorruptible from then on. And the seventh order, which is greater than all that have been mentioned, because they shall rejoice with boldness and shall be confident without confusion and shall be glad without fear, for they press forward to see the face of him who they served in life and from whom they are to receive their reward when glorified. This is the order of the souls of the righteous, as henceforth is announced. And the previous mentioned are the ways of torment that those who would not give heed shall suffer hereafter. Wow. What a beautiful breakdown of what I believe Rob experienced. And and I know as we pass the anniversary of his passing away, it is so important to be encouraged that these things are true. And this is what I wanted to share with you, Jeremiah, that as we apply the word of the Most High to our life, as we walk out his ways, these are the promises that he has laid stored up for those that walk after the Messiah, that keep his commandments. And I just wanted to encourage you and and all those who are watching who loved Rob so much, and as we are here on Skiba News Nation, right? Just reminding you guys what Rob was all about, which was returning to our Father's commandments, keeping his ways because our Messiah led the way and is our example, and that's what we should follow after. So I'm so happy to share with you uh, some of these scriptures. Shout out to all those who have offered us uh, some fantastic news and memes in our uh, submission email at submit at skibanewsnation.com. And also thank you to uh, Chad Riley and Owen Benjamin and all these people that I've gathered memes and news from over the years. And uh, you guys are just such a help. And um, 
And also, I just want to tell I wanted to tell you guys that I just recently got a awesome delivery package, right? Of the prototype Book of Genesis audiobook. Now, this is a four CD set of the Book of Genesis audio drama that I created with Adam Fink. Uh, I scored it, added sound effects, added different voices for all the different characters, and uh, it comes in four CDs of the kind of the four main sections going through the various patriarchs. Uh, you can see here we have Genesis with the picture of Adam and Eve in the garden. I created all this artwork as well. And uh, we have here uh, Sodom and Gomorrah with Abraham overlooking the destruction. We have here a picture of Jacob and the 12 sons and his whole band of, of uh, Hebrews. And then we have, of course, Joseph in Egypt. And I wanted to let you guys know about that in case you would want to uh, order some of these, uh, help support my audiobook work, and, and helps uh, keep Sierra and I uh, employed, so to speak, doing all these creative works and stuff. We, I love the work of audiobooks. So if you're interested in ordering that, email me at simplyprodigal at gmail.com. That's simplyprodigal at gmail.com, and I can uh, share information on pricing and, and uh, get that sent out to you. So Jeremiah, it's been a blessing to be part of this and hope you enjoyed the funny video I shared. And thank you for your new segment. Very interesting. And, uh, and until next time, shalom, everyone. I'll see you on the back end of Sukkot because we're about to party when I get back to our camper. Wow, Jake, those are some great memes. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's watching. You guys are great, and I really appreciate you watching every episode of Skiba News Nation. I want to thank Opa for another great Opus Corner, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the history. So I hope you guys enjoyed episode 18, and I hope you'll enjoy episode 19 even more. So I'll see you then. Hey Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. 